Revolutionary Podcast coming your way once again. Our Peptide Series continues. Steve in the normal, my man, the mobster. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Just back from the gym, but giving you guys the information you need to know. Awesome, man. Awesome. So today our Peptide Series is going to be about CJC-1295. And CJC-1295 with and without DAC. We're going to talk about dosing, cycling, benefits, and side effects. So let's first talk about what CJC-1295 without DAC is. It's a 30-amino acid prep-time hormone, and it is a growth hormone-releasing hormone, GHRH. So your GHRHs stack really good with the GHRPs, or you can run it solo. Now, we're going to talk about how to run it later in the podcast, but first we got to understand um, that this peptide is going to release in a series of pulses over a long period of time. So that's going to lead to less injections. So the main function when they created it was found to boost protein synthesis, increase growth of muscle tissue, and other benefits as well. So if you're looking to get more results in the gym, you're getting, you're looking to put on good clean muscle tissue, this is a great cheat code to, to, to check out. So bottom line is CJC 1295, you're also going to help injury recovery. So if you're beat up, listen to the older guys, guys our age, oh my gosh, we're beat up. Did I beat the hell out of my body in my 20s and 30s? Now I'm on my 40s and man, does my body hurt sometimes. Well, this is a great this is a great one here to help injury recovery. It's going to help reduce body fat as well, as you can imagine, being a growth hormone, releasing hormone. And it's also going to do things you don't expect, like boosting your immune system, help with bone density, which is already going to be good as a weightlifter, but it's going to help you even more. It's going to help cellular repair, your skin, your organs. So... So CJC-1295 without DAC is not CJC-1295. It's actually misnamed mod GRF. So what that means is when a peptide doesn't include DAC, it's not really CJC-1295, but commonly called so. So that's that's pretty much the, um, the gist of it. So at the end of the day, you want to pair it with a GHRP in order to create a great synergy between the peptides that will unblock the body's own stores of growth hormone. So growth hormone in our body does a lot of beautiful things, and we'll get into the benefits as well later in the show. But Mom, so I'll bring you in here because on the pre-show we were talking about, what the about this is, stuff. Yeah. So why don't you touch on that a little bit? Maybe you can get into DAC or no DAC um, and, and kind of touch on that as well because it is it – is, quite confusing in the industry yes exactly so and, and this is the thing guys one of these uh we're always looking for an edge when we're talking about performance enhancing we're looking for an edge and here's where it's important for you to know the difference and it sounds like a technical thing it sounds like you know do i really need to know the short answer is yes because i was actually arguing in a very nice way when i was arguing i mean debating with steve off air what's the point what's the difference and I was thinking from a performance enhancement point of view. So Steve pointed out kind of the obvious, you know, life gets in the way, guys. Like, and there's certain particular, you know, I'm thinking is what's the advantage to me if I'm a weightlifter or a bodybuilder. So in very, very, very simple terms, the, the, the difference between with and without DAC is 
no more or no less than the amount of times the frequency of pinning. So again, I said to Steve, what's the big deal? And Steve says, look, you know, you're not always in the gym. You're not always, not, not every person's a professional bodybuilder. And you're looking for these advantages, the ones that Steve just discussed. So as an obvious thing here, guys, and this is just real life. I train at home or I train down in my gym. My kind of life is set up around, that. I've, for the most part, I could, if I was using this hormone, pin it and exactly, this is, and again, I'm thinking without Steve, exactly the time scales that are required. I could do it before training or I could do it before a meal. Now, in reality, the difference between the two is literally multiple pins per day, which means like my lifestyle's fine for that, or multiple pins per week, which is a lot less frequent. And as Steve said, as an example, Steve likes to go deep sea fishing, the real big fish. It's one thing to hit the gym and be able to pin at home or pin when he goes to the gym or whatever. It's another thing for him to go out for hours on a boat away from land not even snacking, not eating food or whatever else, and spending hours and hours and hours fighting a marlin or whatever other big fish that Steve wants to pull out of the water. So it's a simple terms of frequency of pinning, which means essentially, and when we're talking about any of these peptides, you're looking, as I've said before, and I've described before, the right tool in the toolbox for your needs. Now, not all of us lift weights that are listening to these podcasts. Some of you are more athletic. Some of you will be trail fishing like Steve. Some of you are going to be running and Again, even with running, you're damaging your body. So you're going to get the physical advantages of tissue repair, but you can't jab halfway through a marathon or a 10K. You can't snap, stop and have a snack when you're doing these things. So we're looking for what is the right, in those advantages, Steve, you'd be looking for a less pinning, which is a with EAC versus the difference. Now, Steve can do the technical stuff. You can describe what that means, Steve, in terms of the actual technical chemical stuff. But that's the reality of the situation. If your lifestyle is orientated around as a professional competitive bodybuilder, then you're probably more likely to be able to jab multiple times per day. And as you both, as, as a lot of our listeners will know, Steve, you and I are not great fans of sticking a needle into ourselves, even an insulin needle into ourselves, multiple times per day. I'm a much bigger fan of slower esters, longer esters when it comes to steroids. I'd be the same here with the growth hormone and energy HRP. Or, or GHRH, I would want to pin less. However, in terms of what I do in the gym, this would actually be the, the, the without EAC would probably suit my actual requirements. So again, picking the right GHRP, GHRP or GHRH for you, for your sport, for your lifestyle, and ultimately getting the best out of your body and producing the best results. So the information we give you allows you to make those choices and to pick the right peptide for what you need at UST. Yeah, and the it, originally GRF uh, 1-29 had an extreme short half-life. So chemists were able yeah. to modify the peptide, offer a longer biological activity, and that reduced the metabolic clearance. So you got to remember CJC-1295 without DAC, again, that's really mod GRF. Uh, 1-29. So it, it's a modified version of the original GR, GRF 129. And that's why they modified it because of the extreme short life, which was yeah. beyond ridiculous. So yeah. now, although mod GRF 1-29, it's a modification, the result in greater peptide bond, the average user will still likely need to inject two to three times a day with a GHRP exactly. to get the maximum effectiveness yeah. releasing the endogenous growth hormone. 
So as we talked about in our other peptide series, that's really the most effective way if you want that, that, that effect throughout the day in your body and you want it working. Now, bodybuilders at the top level, they're definitely don't go in that route. These guys, yes. they stay huge. They, they want to be huge. They want to be big. They want to utilize everything that they're consuming. They want to keep HGH at a high level. Why are bodybuilders at the Mr. Olympia today almost 300 pounds, but bodybuilders back in the in the 70s, in the early 80s, and most of the 80s were barely 210 pounds, 215 pounds? Why? HGH is a big reason. And these peptides give them greater flexibility and they're cheaper than getting growth hormone. You got to remember growth hormone was very difficult to find throughout the nineties and two thousands. Now oh, yeah. you've got sources yeah. that have growth hormone, but it's going to cost you if you want the legitimate growth hormone. Now it's going to cost you. And most of the growth hormone out there, we already know if you just go on Google and you Google a source for growth hormone, it's going to be underdose. It's going to be fake. You know, who the hell knows what you're taking? You're probably taking ACG or something else. So some people like to go, you're not going to be able to fake these peptides as easy. You can tell if a peptide is fake quickly. HGH, you may not know it's fake for a couple months. You'd be taking something that you think is HGH for a couple months. This you're going to know pretty much the same day. So when the drug affinity complex the DAC was added to CJC-1295. It allowed for an even greater possibility to utilize smaller GH pulses. And when you combine it with a GHRP, let's say GHRP-6, GHRP-2, you're going to activate growth hormone stars to release throughout the day and night. So the yeah. DAC compound added allowed the peptide half-life to be extended about one week and also provided steadier blood levels after injection as monster went over. So that's the difference when you see CJC-1295 with or without that. So, officer, yeah, jump in. One, Go ahead. Yeah. Jump back in for one second, guys. So as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, uh, and please, by all means, check out previous podcasts that we've done on this series. One of the things I always say to you guys is uh, look at the clinical use. So the uh, modified GRF-129 was so short, there's almost no reason I can think of and it'd have to be really a super rare medical condition, Steve, that you'd want the, the pulse. I'm thinking, and I'd have to double check on this. I think it was like 20 minutes, half an hour, this kind of stuff. You go, what situation demands, clinically speaking, that you've come up with this peptide and it's so short acting, it's such a short burst, it would almost be pointless. I can't even think, you know, you wouldn't even need it during an operation, Steve. So this is when you go, okay, we created this thing, but it's kind of useless. What 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 medical use is there? Yeah, potentially. I mean, arguably, and even then, I couldn't think of it. You'd have to literally be on a on a drip feed. You'd have to have some sort of you know bag with this stuff in walking around. You arguably maybe you know something like a little tube into the skin or whatever or somewhere. So it it becomes ridiculous. You have to think of all the medical situations and the clinical situations where these would be used, and you go, okay, I can't think of it whatsoever. Now, bodybuilding terms. We want our growth hormone boosted through the day. We want, as Steve says, to go from, say, 10 years ago, 250, to now 300 pounds. I mean, Big Remy's looking to be 150 kilos. He's looking in great condition, and he's still way over 300 pounds, Steve, with just a few weeks to go to the Olympia as we do this podcast. So it's just like, right, what's the situation that demands something different? 
And again, not every single person that's listening to this podcast is going to have medical issues. Not every single person listening to this podcast is a bodybuilder or a weightlifter or whatever else. So you go, right, toolbox. Toolbox is athletically, I'm going to want a much longer pulse. I'm going to have uh, two to three jabs a week. That would suit me in terms of me wanting to pin. But in terms of my what I do in the gym, then that much shorter acting, quicker acting situation works for me. And again, like I said, I, I can't think with the, with the modified GRF 129 that they come up with, Steve, um, any clinical situation that would demand you to have that quick of a pulse. I just can't think of it. I mean, it's literally what medical condition, what situation you're going to do that requires you to have pulse that will last in 20 minutes. There's, there's next to nothing. Yeah, you'd have to be like three inches tall and they'd want to make you five feet tall. Uh, I can't think of any. I've had medical issues in the past, even. I can't think of anything that has happened to me when I was a child that would require me to have that kind of growth hormone dripping into me or whatever else. Again, potentially, maybe, maybe some crazy, crazy kind of injury and it would be such a low dose. And of course, when we've talked about performance enhancement, we're always talking about a much higher dose than any clinical situation. So like I said, it's the way that we look at things, guys. It's the way that we discover our stuff works. And it's a way, just with these podcasts, we debate how this stuff works because once we get into it and once we think about those actions and once we think about the medical situation, the clinical situation, it helps us discover how it would work with that. And then we can take that information and we can play with it when we're looking at working uh, into bodybuilding and weightlifting and performance enhancement. And that's pretty much how most of the performance enhancement drugs and the peptides and all the other things that we discuss on these podcasts, that's how they came to be used for performance enhancement. They come from clinical. We worked out what they were doing. We discovered the advantages that they were given in clinical situations, and then we applied them to performance enhancement. And that's how the science has always worked. And of course, it helps us, as I just say, understand how we can use it for ourselves. That used all right, so let's let's kind of finish this topic a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about that. We talked about basically the component added to extend the the, the half life. Okay, we get that. I mean, that's pretty cut and dry. So, yeah. um, it's also a much more viable and cost effective way to utilize CJC twelve ninety five. Yes. So when you use it with the GHRP. So look, when the DAC was added, it's able to bind to Albumum circulates the body, literally being able to last for days that looks for receptors to bind to. So bottom line is, if you prefer to use shorter spikes of GH release, then use the mod GRF-1-29. CJC-1295 without the DAC. That's going to be optimal in that situation. If you prefer fewer injections, still want to unleash your growth hormone stores, then two to three times a week injections of CJC-1295 with DAC, along with your daily injection of the GHRP of your choice would be the way to proceed for maximizing growth hormone release. So that's pretty much the way bodybuilders use CJC-1295 and the way they stack it with the GHRP of their choice. So check out our other podcasts where we just go over GHRPs and we talk about how to use them and then you can make the decision if you want to go ahead and try stacking the CJC with one of those GHRPs and go from there and see how you like it. 
look, at the end of the day, you know, we've talked about this on other podcasts, but if you've got low GH in your body, which is a distinct possibility, I mean, if you got low tests in your system already, then it's a damn good chance that you're going to have low GH as well. And if you can get these GH spikes, it can make a huge difference in your training, recovery, repair, and all that good stuff. So it's something to think about, definitely, if you want to take things to the next level for sure. So mobster, jump in there, and we're going to kind of get into dosing and using uh, further. Yeah. So I'll give a very quick example here, guys. Uh, way back in the day, when I first even looked at growth hormone, I was looking on behalf of two buddies, one with Crohn's and one with colitis. And I got some great information from some H an HIV slash AIDS form on the usage that those guys were getting to enhance their health, to enable them to uh, fight the medical conditions that they had and to still have a great lifestyle or at least a better lifestyle than they would have had without the growth hormone in terms of, you know, uh, the 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 deliberating the, the uh, issues that they were, uh, medical conditions was essentially, you know, they were losing body weight, they felt like dog shit, et cetera, et cetera. And but when you're talking about the money, Steve, these guys were talk, looking at $500 per month. So and that, even that was a few years ago. So you're probably looking at five fifty six hundred dollars $600 now per month, disposable income, just on growth hormone. This is not on any other medical treatment, not on any of the performance enhancements that they might potentially be using to, and again, just to have a semi-normal daily lifestyle. So you, you look at the finance and it's literally cost versus return. Now, if you're a top professional bodybuilder, if you're contracted, uh, and again, not everybody is on that kind of money. If you're sponsored or whatever else, you might only be looking at a five-figure contract, Steve. And again, you've had to be top 10 Mr. Olympia contender. So you might be looking at 50, 60, $70,000 a year. You might potentially, arguably, as a sponsored athlete, be looking at 50, $60,000, maybe $100,000 a year. Very few are above that kind of level. And we, we've talked about this on our podcast. You can easily, and again, at that level, look at 30 to $50,000 a year just on your performance enhancement. Uh, for very short periods of time when the full-on pre-competition quote-unquote chemical warfare kicks in. It is not unusual to look at ten dollars to $20,000 just from Mr. Olympia prep, and that's not for the rest of the year, just for 12 to 16-week Mr. Olympia prep. I'm probably underestimating the numbers here. Uh, so for the rest of you guys, some of you will have disposable income that will enable you to make these kind of choices when it comes to performance enhancement, and specifically when it comes to peptides, GH, RH, GH, or P, or growth hormone in and of itself. And you can make those kind of choices. The other way to play it would be, Steve, it's a very short period of time when, as I've mentioned on a previous podcast, you can go full bore for, say, three months of the year. In other words, save up your, your money, guys, do a full-on preparation and getting the chemicals together and then go for 12 weeks of absolutely, as we might say here in the UK, balls out, full-on performance enhancement. And that might be the way that I would run it, Steve. Literally, I, I, I'd probably be looking for me, and at the levels that I'd be looking at, I'd have to justify to myself putting down a couple of thousand dollars in this example, and then going, right, that's going to be 8, 9, 10, 12 weeks for me to be going balls out and full-on, as much physical enhancement as possible. The other way, and especially when it comes to any of the growth hormone peptides releasing or, or, or releasing hormones, would be 
uh, injury recovery. So, you know, literally, guys, are you an athlete? Are you a top professional athlete? You can justify this. Otherwise, it comes down to your disposable income and making those specific choices and judgments for yourself. And again, like I said earlier on, looking at the, as I said just now, with the HIV and AIDS patients, looking at what they were doing and where that information came from. And that was able to let me enable me to give the advice to my buddies with their medical conditions. Uh, because in one example, for sure, he could afford $500 per month if he wanted a better lifestyle. So it's those kind of choices. This is where we come with the information from if you're in that situation, or as I say, saving up and doing it right for 12 weeks of the year when you are like focused around a holiday, focused around a competition, or just focused around being the absolute damn best that you possibly can be. That is it. So let's go over a little bit on using it and dosing. So a single dose of CJC 1295, you got to think about it with DAC. It decays by about 10% a day. So that single dose will follow the thickness percentages. So for example, first day you got you, you do two milligrams. Then the next day it's going to be 1.8. Next day it's 1.6. Next day 1.4 and so on. So after eight days, you still got 0.8 milligrams remaining in your system. So that's that's kind of the, you know, that's that's kind of interesting the way it kind of remains in the system. So that's kind of the advantage of that DAC compound being added to it. Now, uh, let's see here. The best and mostly used EHRH definitely is, is going to be your CJC 1295. So you got to mix it. You got to be careful when you mix it, guys. You get it in the mail. You've got to get it out of the mailbox as soon as possible. Put it in the fridge. Cool, dry place. That's going to make it last as long as possible. No light exposure. You mix it with either the backwater or sodium chloride. Very carefully mix it. And as soon as you mix it, it needs to go into the fridge right away. You cannot leave it out on the counter for hours after you mix it or if you forget. I've done it before. I've injected, forgot to put it back in the fridge. I ruined it. So gotta gotta be anal about that. My recommendation is inject near the refrigerator. Don't take the bottle to another part of the house and then inject it. Then you're going to forget to put it back. So make sure you stay next to your fridge. You do the injection. Then you put it right back in the fridge. And make sure you put it in a place where it's not going to move around or fall. You open the fridge and it falls, then you're kind of screwed, right? So to mimic the natural release of growth hormone through natural spikes, you're going to do the day – the CJC 1295 without DAC, this is without DAC, inject one to three times per day at 100 micrograms to 200 microgram dosage along with GHRP of your choice. Now, with the DAC, best way to utilize CJC 1295 is go with the, the with DAC, CJC 1295 with DAC. So this is going to allow your yourself to inject two milligrams of it twice weekly along with your normal dosing of the GHRP, which will probably be obviously daily or twice a day, three times a day, whatever, though, however you're, you're doing the GHRP. So if you do it that way, as I said, to start, you're going to start out with the two milligrams in your system. And then by day eight, you're still going to have 0.8 milligrams left. So it's going to be in your system the whole way through. But if you want the flexibility, as we talked about earlier, then you do it without the DAC. 
And if you're going to do it without the deck, you're going to have to do it one to three times per day. Now, some people like that because it, it helps them. It helps remind them to take the GHRP along with it. Mm. So that, that kind of benefits that. So at the end of the day, either going to split up the dosages into taking it a bunch of times a day, 100 micrograms to 200 micrograms, or you're going to just go ahead and do two micrograms, which is 10 times the dose of the 200 micrograms twice weekly. Milligrams. You know? right? yeah. yeah. Milligrams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really up to you on this one. It's, it's really not that complicated. I see a lot of people get complicated about this. And um, that that's really what it boils down Steve, to. Steve, it feels kind of complicated. Uh, something I'm going to jump in here. That, guys, it's, especially when you're talking about a podcast, you might want to rerun it and replay certain parts. But what I was going to jump in here and say, Steve, is there, we've got two great charts that explain it much more simply than sometimes when we're talking to you on this podcast that we're going to include, they're included already in the article that we're referring to when we're doing this podcast. So please, there'll be a link on uh, a couple of the uh, links that we provide uh, to the article. Make sure you check it out. And there's an actual graphic for both these two different methods included there. And sometimes, honestly, guys, screenshot it onto your phone, uh, print it off, whatever, stick it in a diary. And that was that would be tip number one. And then you've actually got a physical thing in front of you that you can go, right, that's how they run it. And honestly, once you've done it a few times, it becomes automatic. So it, it, to begin with, it feels a bit complicated. But once it's a few times, you get it under your belt. This is what I've got to do. This is the daily frequency, the weekly frequency. And it like make a lot more sense. And it becomes an ingrained habit and you won't even think about it anymore. That's number one. Number two, as a, as a tip, right? Now, again, lifestyle dependent, guys, like Steve said, in regards to going to the fridge, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes we get asked on the forums, and this we can't... If, if, this actually applies to all performance-enhancing drugs, not just the peptides. So here's a quick suggestion for you. If you are a family athlete, a family guy, you've got missus and kids, people around the house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One of the suggestions that we sometimes say is, and I've used this a few times, Steve, that we have a – guys, if you've got a beer fridge and you've got a normal fridge, then you can have a fridge for your performance-enhancement products. You can have a cool box in the garage – or a little, uh, you can even have one of those little tiny camping things that you can plug in, which can go in the garage again. And here's an, I actually lock that bitch up. I know that some of the wives and girlfriends, they don't like the pins, the needles, the syringes on the drugs sitting around the house. Now, most of this stuff is safe. It's real, real, real difficult to overdose on it. So even if your kids did actually get it, shouldn't be any issues. But in, re in reality, it's just a nice, sensible, safe way of thinking. So here's what I would do. I would have a small camping-style cooler that I can plug in with one of the little adapters, and I'd have that in the garage. I'd have it in my little home gym. I'd have it in my, my shed. I'd have it so long as it's cool and it's kept away. You got you can have the sharps box in there. You can have your pins in there. And you especially, as Steve said earlier, you can have your peptides and, and all that kind of stuff there set off to one side. I'll jump into the side effects now, Steve. Okay, as with all growth hormones, some of the side effects are quite quite very similar, Steve. And you're looking at potentially water retention, tingling and numbness, and occasionally decrease insulin. All of these are associated with CJC195. For some people, and not everybody, you're looking at potential issues of tiredness, feeling a lethargy, head rushing, euphoria, itching. Now, that's quite often, if, again, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, guys, when growth hormone is naturally released in the body is overnight when you're asleep. 
So why are we surprised that growth hormone released in the body then makes you feel lethargic? Now, if you do this in the morning, it eventually goes away. If you do it at nighttime, it's a great way of getting great restful sleep. And again, we're talking about peptide usage. We're sometimes talking about timing around meals. So again, the issues of uh, timing of meals and energy levels around meals is going to go up and down. That's normal. That's what the human body does. And again, you're kind of enhancing that response here. Positive side effects would be increased lean body mass. This is the, those giant bodybuilders we've already referred to. Increased potent synthesis, faster recovery. That applies to all kinds of athletes, not just bodybuilders. Reduced body fat, promotion of bone density, like Steve said earlier on, and cellular stimulation for internal organs and skin cells. Basically, guys, all the good stuff but obviously, as we said, with the difference between growth hormone and the difference in peptides is a frequency of pinning, the length and frequency of the growth hormone pulses. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, and that sums it up. I mean, really, it, just like these, all these peptides, they, they pretty much do the same things. Um, the only difference, you know, there, there's each of these peptides, these mad scientists, these mad chemists yeah. that came up with these. And they maybe made a little difference here and there. And they they kind of tweak things here and there. It's just like anabolic steroids. You know, they play around. At the end of the day, anabolic steroids, they're all different, a little different, but they're all anabolic yes. steroids. So same thing with peptides. They're all peptides, but they're a little bit different. It's important to know the differences between them. So look, at the end of the day, I hope you guys and gals listening have learned a lot from this podcast. And now you know, hey, what is the difference between with DAC or without that? What is the difference how, you know, in, in terms of dosing, what is the difference in how, how, when I should think, and that's why we do these podcasts, educate everybody about these. So at the end of the day, CJC 1295, it's a powerful growth hormone. It can be effectively used with GHRP. You're going to maximize your growth hormone release. And that's what you're looking for. Bodybuilding athletes across the board. Why do you think Lance Armstrong, he's a bicyclist. Why do you think Lance Armstrong was was busted for HGH? Because he's using a shit ton of it. Why do you yeah. think Sylvester Stallone was busted with HGH? Because because actors use HGH. You know, especially actors who are trying to look a certain way, they use HGH. Yeah. Why yeah. are bodybuilders using these peptides? Because they need the benefits. The benefits yes. are so. This is what what it's all about. These PEDs. That's how we do it. And they're very powerful um, compounds. Make sure you use them the correct way and make sure you kind of use trial and error when it comes to the dosing and how you utilize them. So it's very, very important, guys. So guys and gals out there. So excellent show, Mobster. Uh, you want final thoughts and take us to the disclaimer. I think, Steve, in terms of growth hormone or any performance enhancing drug, what we're really looking for is that magic elixir, that magic bean. For example, in growth hormone, we want one magnificent, great, singular pulse that stays at high level and almost never fades away. In reality, that drug doesn't exist. It would be the it'd be almost like you know waving a magic wand. So what do we get instead? We get normal growth hormone uh, that our body produces. And then as Steve said, as we get older, that drops off. That's why our skin starts to sag. That's why we get lines. That's why injuries take long to recover from and so on and so forth. When you're younger 
and you're absolutely kicking ass, you're still looking to push your body into places. I've just discussed with the guys at the gym today, world record shit. And world record shit means I've got to take my body into a place that no one else ever has done before. What you guys are looking for is an itch. You're looking for the thing that's going to enable your skin to look amazing on stage, to recover from strains and stresses, whether you're riding a bike up and down a mountain and doing absolutely crazy stuff like 40 foot drops, or whether you're trying to bench press a thousand pounds, you're always looking for an edge. This podcast are providing you with the information that enables you to get the edge that's going to get your recovery to be enhanced in a way above and beyond your competition. So refer to the articles, look at those charts that I mentioned earlier on, and if need be, go back and rewind the little bits that we've said of the difference between the things that we have an understanding. Trust me, guys, once it's in there, it won't come out in terms of information, and you'll know. But just, again, when it comes to chemicals, we want you to be fully informed so you make exactly the right decision, and you and you could pick from the peptides, you can pick from the performance-enhancing drugs that are specifically appropriate to you and your requirements. You don't need the same as your buddies. You would need what you need. So you make that information, and that's what we're here for, guys. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions on these shows are ours and ours alone. It's our view and it's based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcast with informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.